Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by a great Keyforge friend of mine, Zeramis. Hi, Zeramis. How are you doing? Hi, hello everyone. I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a uh, little stressed over other things, but uh, <laughs> Keyforge wise, I'm doing very good. Thank you. It's That's great to awesome. be here. Well, you you are stressed over based on our conversation before we started recording the coolest, awesomest things ever. So that is you are you are excused for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that as a mystery to all the listeners. They will just know that I'm busy with something very cool. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come into our Discord to ask about it, and then and then we'll chat you up on it. Um, but yeah, so today good. we are here to talk about the Nordic Keyforge League because I am really excited to learn a lot more about it than I already know. And thankfully, you, you guys talk about it all the time on, on your podcast. But before we hop into that, I just wanted to chat with you for just a minute on the newest update we got from Ghost Galaxy, the article on their website, Enhance Your Vault Experience. So apparently, the Master Vault has updated to include enhancements on on decks. And so they they found the data or they were able to recreate the data. Who knows? But it is exciting and incredibly useful. But I want to know what you think about it. Well, uh, as you say, it's for me, it's mostly useful. Uh, I don't know about exciting, but it's exciting that they're doing anything at all. That's more right. where I am right now. It's like, oh, <laughs> something happens with Keyforge. Uh, I know that I am probably a little more pessimistic than many other people about how viable it is to to sort of restart it. I'm hoping to that we can grow it from below rather than this smash hit that will just like take the world with with storm again like it once did in its first iteration. But any game needs activity from its creators and having enhancements there well, it, it removes one of the many small hassles that just makes the game feel unpolished right now. Like that so, some things don't exist there for tournaments and, and uh, validation and so on. That's a wonderful perspective. I love that like big picture idea because I was thinking this like on a small scale, like ac actually in the, the vein of playing online, now that we're able to actually see the enhancements on decks, you can check your opponent while you're playing an online game to it. Like if you're playing an official game on some sort of league or something or tournament, you can make sure that their enhancements are on the right cards. And, and before it was either a, you had to check decks of Keyforge and they had to have pictures of the, the enhancements. Existed, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think actually one of the biggest uh, things that excited me about it is that uh, we have these sealed leagues sometimes in the NKFL, and they have always been pretty awkward where we either have to like <laughs> randomize where the enhancements should go. I know some tournaments just let you put out enhancements wherever you right. felt like it, as long as the card was enhanced, which ended <laughs> up with these crazy red pennies and stuff in some uh, some uh, decks. So, so the sealed experience will be a lot better when the things actually end up where they should go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really true, and it's that's a a great transition. So why don't we start before uh, you tell me all about the Nordic Keyforge League? Why don't we start by you telling me a little bit about yourself and your Keyforge journey and history and and all Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, so. I was first introduced to Keyforge when I was at one of the best card gaming events that I know, which is uh, the Stalag tournament of 
Game of Thrones uh, game, <laughs> uh, which is a castle uh, in a beautiful castle in Germany uh, overlooking a river and stuff. And there are 300, 350 people that play Game of Thrones gather uh, every year. And there I heard about this new game from FFG. And Game of Thrones then was an FFG game. Uh, and a lot of people were excited for it. But the Kota set did not do it for me at all. I thought it was too simplistic. It was, wasn't was about the board at all. It was just play the cards you have on hand and, and hope they do big flashy stuff. Totally. Uh, and I didn't like it. Uh, I, f- I felt it was too cartoonish and, and too much just play the cards you, that you had on hand. So Straight I shooter of, over here. I love it. Yeah, I, 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 so I didn't want to play it. And, and then some time passed and the first two sets had come out and then Worlds Collide was being hinted. And I tried AOA a little bit. It was also okay, mostly because it was something that was played in my city. So I went to a, like a sealed event and played a bit. But when Worlds Collide came out, that's when I was like, yes, this is what I want to play. I want to play complicated board states that interact with each other, where this creature uses that creature, and uh, things where you had to think about many pieces at the same time and not so much play from hand. I can uh, see that because Ward coming out, that instantly makes your board so much more important. Like um, like above and beyond everything else that came out in Worlds Collide, like uh, more creatures and, and all of the other aspects of it. Like Ward making your board l- less... Um, uh, disposable actually makes yeah. it more of a board game. Uh, so the, the inclusion of ward, but also several powerful creatures that if they were left on the board actually had this huge effect. Kota had a couple of them, but they were usually very weak. But now suddenly you had Philosophosaurus, you had Kirby's, you had uh, like lots of different creatures that, that had huge impact if they stayed on. You had Ludos, you had... Um, Eddie. Uh, oh, yeah, you had Eddie's. You had the the, the anti steel one. I don't remember his name. The Saurian with even oh Oduak. Yeah, Oduak the patrician. Exactly. These cards that could suddenly change how the game could be played from hand by by having stuff on the board. Things that could be protected. Things that activated different houses. Uh, and that that uh, sold me on the game. Um, and I started playing a lot. Uh, and with MM, it just continued. MM was the first big buy-in for me when it was released. I was like, okay, let's get this place. Now I want to I wanna start playing. And that's when I found the Swedish league uh, that had already been going for nine seasons at that time. At that Whoa. Time. That's crazy. So are you talking about the, the Nordic Keyforts League? Yeah, that's the same that I found cool. back when awesome. MM had just started. That's really cool. So how did you get into it? Like, What was your first experience playing in it? Um, I'm trying to remember how I got into it. I think I got into it through the people that I met here in my city that mentioned that there was this Swedish Discord uh, with Keyforge content. So I joined cool. the Discord, I think, and got to know a couple of the couple of the people there. And I think that the biggest reason why I stayed with Keyforge was the analysis and investment that started going into those first leagues. Because just like I'm gonna be honest here. I don't think playing Keyforge is that fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's roughly it's, as fun as most key as most card games for me. But it, I that's don't. So play funny, games. you wouldn't know that with like how much you've invested in Keyforge. Like you're on a podcast for Keyforge. You're really good at Keyforge. I've played you on on leagues and in tournaments, and like you would have no idea. 
Well, I enjoy almost everything more, everything around Keyforge I enjoy more than actually playing Keyforge. But that's the same <laughs> thing with most card games for me. Card games for me is about the analysis, about strategy, about testing out hypotheses uh, that you build around your decks, about building cohesive deck strategies. Um, Love it. Like creating your own systems. I have, of course, my own like grading systems uh, other than the SAS system that actually checks what I like in decks and gives them scores according to that. And cool. I love statistics. I have statistics of over so, so many of my games in the past, which decks got now we're getting into the league again but yeah the bands picks which deck wins against what i'm also a big solo tournament player like i i organize my own tournaments with my decks where i play both decks on two different screens and i'm very very good at forgetting about what the other deck has in hand because i've played in (laughs) i played into sets obvious traps sometimes i'm like ah yes (laughs) I will board out that it will go totally well. And then I'm like, right, but the other person was sitting on this, but I didn't know that. So I guess I just got (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, I've trapped myself and then realized it. Oh my gosh, that's the best. So you mentioned like bans and and other stuff about the league. So, So tell me, like... The the league itself is actually an interesting structure, and I don't actually quite think I understand it completely. Do you mind like building it from the ground up for me? Like, Absolutely. How how is it? How does it exist? So the league itself started. I will go from the beginning here in chronological order in a way. Love it. It started as a single division where eight people simply played each season. Then this this was before my time, and they just placed in different like rankings, and it was about getting number one. Sure. There was no playoff. There was just a group of people that played a, a small league and we had it in seasons or they had it in seasons. But the big development came when the first division was introduced other than the main division. Because Ooh. suddenly you had, like in sports, you had relegations and, and teams coming up for or players then coming up from below. Oh, uh, that's so cool. So if you placed at the top of your division, you got moved up to the higher division and the people playing in the bottom, placing in the bottom, they got moved down. And now we have this enormous pyramid like uh, shape or even a diamond shape where you had like a top one division, then goes down to two divisions, then down to three, then down to four. And you have the... And uh, you have placement matches, and uh, you can see history, who placed in what division when. And the idea is, of course, that the best players and the best decks will gravitate towards the top and play uh-huh. about the spots in the very top, the, what we call the diamond division. And then you have very, very good decks and players in the gold. And with time, the idea is to have a very good balance where you face other people with roughly the same kind of deck quality as you, and you compete about the good spots around where you belong, so to speak, uh, with your collection and your skill. That sounds amazing. No wonder so many people love it. Because if you're playing against people who are similar skilled and similar decks than you, then you're you're having great games every time. But on top of that, like the the league sounds like it's built to do that for you. So how when if someone were to Over like time, enter the league, least. yeah, right, exactly. If someone were to enter it like fresh for the first time, like I assume they'd come in from the bottom. Yes, I think we have now a. Uh, uh, system i don't quote me on this but i think we have a system (laughs) where you come in one above from the bottom now but you might come in at the bottom uh and that means that some players come in with very very powerful collections and then quickly advance so that makes sense leagues you have to accept that okay i will take a zero three loss and just uh 
that was the player that is obviously going to end up somewhere high up <laughs> in the top uh, sooner or later. But but the, o- over time, we hope that they will both balance out, and it has balanced out in, in some ways, definitely. But also that you don't get several of those. You don't get in this experience where 10 new people come in, they all end up in a single division, then there's you with your bronze level decks or, or whatever, and sure. you just on for a whole whole season. We That's really cool. So do all of the levels, like for the, the format of the, the variants that you guys play, are all of the levels playing the same? Yes, everyone uh, is playing every the same, what is called the Nordic Hexad format, which is, in my opinion, the best format that Keyforge has. So I've, I've heard you describe it on your podcast, but can you go ahead and, and give us another listen? Absolutely. I'll give a rundown of how it works. So the Nordic Hexad format is a lineup of six decks and... These six decks uh, are played in three matches. And the first thing that happens is you both get a ban, a blind ban, where you don't know what the other has banned until you reveal it. And we have a tool for this that tracks statistics and bans and everything from the matches. Cool. Uh, then you both get a safe, which is you safe a deck uh, that you will get to play if you want to. And there's a lot of strategy in that as well. Like, when will I play my safe deck? Do I play my safe deck at all? Or do they just think that you will definitely play it before the end and so on? And then you get a second ban. So in the end, oh. you're left with four decks to play three matches. And you have to change deck between each match. Cool. How many wins? And so you have to win two out of three, I guess? No. Th- this is oh. the thing. that This is not a match-based league. It's a Ooh. game-based league. So every win counts. You don't win the match if you get a 2-1. Then you have two wins and one loss for the big league. Oh, uh, cool. So each game matters. Taking a 3-0 is a lot, lot better for your statistics than a 2-1. Interesting. Um, That's really and many cool. many people go into it thinking it's a match-based system when all you have to get is 2-1. But it's not. Like The, the actual standings are based on game wins, not gotcha. match wins. That makes sense. And before you ban, before like you even start, you get to see all six of your opponent's decks? Yes, at the start of each season, we publish this document with all the decks and the stats about them and uh, how many seasons they've been in before and, um, and so, so on. You so have, yes. you use the same six decks for every single match that you have that season? That season, yes. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, what goes into when you're picking... Like, Go ahead. Yeah, no, just that uh, you get a lot of like uh, ground for statistics because you play three matches with each and you see which decks are banned, which decks get saved by different people. If you have previous statistics as well from your own matches, you can see, oh, they banned this last time or they saved this deck last time and now they've replaced those two. Do I think that they find them better or not? And so on. Especially sure. if you're, st- or you're stuck in the same division with the same people like you are sometimes. At yeah, least right? some of the same people. Some people always advance, but you can come back to some people, return to them two seasons later, and they're like, oh, they've changed these three decks, okay? (laughs) Will they still save the same deck? We even have some people who just roll a die for whatever they will do because they feel hopeless trying to outsmart people. (laughs) They're like, they can't guess what I'm playing if I just roll a die. (laughs) That's amazing. I, I would have a hard time finding six good decks to play every season, so I would probably have a lot of repeat decks every season. Do you That's why you have solo tournaments. (laughs) oh nice do you switch up your decks every season uh i have some decks that have been in there ever since i got them 
Uh, my Whoa. most famous deck is probably Helena that usually gets mentioned every now and then. Uh, I've heard of that one. Been, uh, she has been in my lineup uh, every every season since I started playing, except one. Is she now like the ban capital of all your decks? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> sometimes each season, one person usually... Oh, it reconnected. Oh, nope, we're good. Okay. Uh, each season, there's always one person that says, oh, I want to... Either because they don't know it or because they think they can beat it or because they just feel good about it. They don't ban it. And in every case except one where it was my fault, I've won with it when they let me play it. Nice. That one game, I banned the wrong card. I was so frustrated <laughs> <laughs> with my Ethan's Yard. It's an Ethan's Yard deck. So. Yep, And I totally. called the wrong card. <laughs> So how much practice do you like do you do you do a lot of like knowing who you're going to go up against? Do you play against their decks? Do you like decide beforehand on which ones you're going to ban? On seasons where I have time and I'm not stressed over other things, I like <laughs> setting up this matrix where I go like okay, what what matchups are good, which ones are desirable, how can I maximize the chances of getting those matchups? Sometimes I even test the ones that don't appear obvious on paper. This sure. season, for example, I've just five minutes before the game, I've just thrown up their decks on my second screen and gone like, <laughs> I don't like the look of this deck. Let's get rid of that one. <laughs> That's amazing. So which which tier are you in at the moment? I'm in gold tier right now, which is the second highest. Um, okay. Well, what are all of well. them? It's diamond, gold, silver, bronze, iron, clay, because we're 120 players in the league right now. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. Do you help run it at all, or are you just one of its biggest fans? Uh, I don't even know if I'm one of its biggest fans, but maybe I am. I run a, <laughs> I, I'm part of a podcast about it, but I, I just think exactly. it's a great format. I don't run it at all. I just comment on it a lot from the podcast. So. That's really cool. So are most of the people that you work with are like the people that are in the same tier as you, are they um, like the people on your podcast or do you do a little more like like scouting out of the people that are in your tier well uh right now i don't think i got since there's two gold uh, divisions i don't think i got sorted into any of the other hosts let's just give you the quick look no none of the other people of the podcast are in my group uh well, that's, so you can speak freely with with them all about your your plans and your games and everything. Yes, but we tend to speak pretty f freely, even if we're in the same group. That we uh, <laughs> comment on it quite a lot. But it's also most people know what they will ban of my decks because they've already so so we can discuss that quite openly. Sure. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I'm in the gold beta right now, and most of the other Ooh. podcast hosts are in gold alpha. Um, so they're facing off against each other right now. Oh no! Have that, have you ever made it to diamond? Uh, yeah, I was uh, before all of our international friends uh, came in <laughs> with uh, uh, very very powerful connections. I was playing each uh, each season in the highest. Um, That's amazing. But I only play like, with one exception. I only play with decks that I opened or my friend Amataka has opened when we bought boxes oh. together. So I don't buy second mar second hand market decks. Good for um, you. And uh, that is, of course, limiting me a lot because I only, even if I get good decks, I can't buy decks that uh, complement my, like my collection in that way, and so on. So that's interesting. Uh, that makes sense. 
So if someone were to want to join or, or get on the, the Discord, how could they do that? Uh, we can probably provide an invite link to the Discord uh, with the description sure. of this episode, for example. Uh, Absolutely, I would join. love to. Rather so than me uh, repeating a bunch of letters for an invite, <laughs> they need to listen closely. So listeners, <laughs> yeah, if you so are interested... Uh, <laughs> Love it with the accent. That was perfect. I would t- I would totally get that. <laughs> but yes, listeners, if you're interested, go ahead and uh, check the show notes and there should be a link there right now as we speak. <laughs> um, do you have any any last thoughts, anything you want to add about the league before we, we move on to our titular segment? Yes, I want to just give people a small, small like uh, note about why I think it's so good. And it is that it has some uh, things that make it a lot more enjoyable than, for example, Triad or Archon for me. One of them, you can only have one Genka or Heart of Forest deck in your lineup, which means that for those people who hate playing those combo they I win ban it. they ban it first and you don't have to deal with it. Nice. Secondly, due to how the banning system and so on works, you can ban decks that you don't enjoy playing against, generally. Even if you... Maybe it won't give you the maximum amount of wins, but you can still try to ensure slightly more fun experiences. But third is that you can, even with a weaker collection, you can sometimes create lineups that are very, very heavy on a single thing and exploit Mm. the fact that some of these best decks don't deal with perhaps your speciality. So they've been, for example, a lineup where that played only Kota rush decks in the, you know, 68, 75 SAS range sure. compared to these 90 SAS giants there that do everything at once. But that these you Kota ban rush first. Decks, <laughs> yeah, but some people have six of them. You can't ban all of them up in diamond mm-hmm. and so on. But these Kota rush decks, the player of that uh, season did very, very well because many of the do-it-all decks aren't that strong against like pure rush key, like key sheet Kota where you sure. just go... Three hunting witches, key shard, chota, and you know, steal with with the shadows. Right. A lot of the a lot of the best decks don't handle these very extreme decks very well. Mm-hmm. Or the hundred and fifty board power lineup. If you put together six decks that all have hundred and fifty board power, <laughs> yeah. then, then perhaps you can win against some of the best collections. And this is a way for weaker players to actually try to compete with strategy instead of just board quality. In solo archon, you can't do that. Because if you bring right. a deck with that kind of... you ha- Your deck has to be able to beat everything. But here, if you beat three of the players in your division, you're still placing pretty well by exploiting this kind of weakness in, in lineups. That's fantastic. I love that. I also like that, like, you know that after having played so much and, like, seen so much of the statistics and the data that you find that that's possible. That's really cool. So that's, that, those are my, my encouragements to people who are thinking about joining, that if you feel intimidated by the idea of going up against these really powerful decks, try to find, try to look into your collection and say, can I construct these specialized, uh, like six decks of fairly specialized uh, lineup or even five decks because you can bring in the deck with the most Infernuses and people will ban that one and then right. you can play your five specialized decks. <laughs> That's perfect. Are, I love it. There are definitely some patterns to what is like ban bait in the league. There's even the concept of a ban bait, a deck you only bring in because it looks so dreadful to play. It isn't actually <laughs> that good in your collection, but some people have them. It's like, yep, it doesn't really win, but no one wants to play it anyway because it has right, terrible... Right, like that Genka or Heart of the Forest. Bring one of those. <laughs> yep. One of my friends has a Genka deck that very rarely wins because it can't do anything else. But people hate <laughs> it, so they just ban it. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope I hope we didn't just like give away the secrets of your friend in the league. <laughs> no, I, I think it's okay. Well, we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. All right, Zeramisai, here you got one for us this week. Yes, is it both me and you, or or uh, should I focus on mine? How long yeah, shall I? Yeah, make? you go right ahead. All right, so. It will uh, concern the Nordic Keyforge League because that's uh, awesome. where I play most of my games. But in my first or second match of the current season, season 19, I had a very clear strategy going into it. And it was, I ban the decks that have a certain trait. I will not say exactly what it is right now, but that I have a, had a very clear strategy that I had picked my six decks for and said, okay, this is the weakness they have. I need to think about that. And there's another... Th- like, for example, they don't like a lot of board control. I play heavy board decks, and they don't like a lot of board control. But that's not usually what they actually lose against. So Ooh. I was like, but I forgot about this. And just went, oh, this deck has a lot of board control. I should probably ban that. And then looking at the first matchup, I just stare at my screen. It's like, okay, I just broke the one rule I had. Like, always look for these things and ban that first. That was my entire mantra for the entire season. I go ahead <laughs> and mess it up. The first thing I do, and I oh, lose horribly no. to exactly that. <laughs> so, well, Zaramis in the past, ban that deck. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that you you did your research. You you had your preparation already, and and you probably now that you've done that, you've learned. <laughs> You won't ever do it again. Yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Zermis, for coming on. I really, I really, really yours appreciate. As well. Yeah. Well. To... Oh. Okay. Well, then, sure. I'll share my help from future self. Yes. So, I just want everyone to uh, check your TCO decks to make sure that they have the right enhancements. Because now that you can have the right enhancements, you don't want to be banned from a a league or a tournament or whatever, because if they're checking for the enhancements and you've never had a picture up on DOK, or let's say you're using a sealed deck and you've never even opened it, still in this plastic, and you just picked which ones you thought they were on or or you were allowed at that point to pick the cards that they could go on. Because a lot of places did that too. Like, I mean friendly friendly play a lot of the time will just allow you to put it on whatever but yeah, or you just added it to test the deck a little real quickly and then exactly. you forgot that you had added it to, uh... right that you hadn't looked at which ones the cards were actually on and so now that you can actually have the right ones like i assume that well not assume but i would think that some uh places might get a little bit stricter because they can because it's completely and easily available now and you want to make sure you're just not bending any rules to your own detriment i'm sure no one did this right Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not yet. (laughs) Well, thank you again. And um, uh, we are on Discord. The link is in the show notes. Come and have a conversation. And if you want to know what Zermis is stressed out about, come in and ask and we'll tell you all about it. I'm actually really excited about it. Um, You can find me on Discord and TCO um, as SC Steel. And Zermis, where can people find you? Uh, usually on the Nordic Keyforge League Discord. That's probably the Keyforge place that I'm most active on that isn't like a team or the podcast crew or something like that. That's the open Discord where I'm the most active. Awesome. Fantastic. And so you will also find a link in our show notes for the um, the Discord channel that we were talking about earlier, the Nordic Discord channel, the Swedish Discord channel. Is that it? No, nowadays it's the NKFL because we have so Love it. 
such a huge international community now, more than the Swedes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we'll be back next week thank with you. another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging. Thank <laughs> you.